Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. I'm finally in the Christmas spirit. I honestly can't believe that it's December. Like, where the hell has time come? Come and gone. I don't know. I don't even think I lived in November. I don't. I think I skipped over the month. What happened for 2019? I think still on the tip of my brain, I'm thinking about goals that I had for 2019, and I'm like, oh yeah, but I still have plenty of time because it's March, and I'm like, wait, no, it's not. It's freaking it's over. December. 2019 almost over. That's wild. Oh my God, that stresses me out. Right? It makes me feel, I go between like, I know, I don't want to stress other people out. (laughs) (laughs) Corinne and I are clearly in a state of stress. Before we started this recording, we just talked about all the things that we have to do and, and that's life. And I've gained 10 pounds this past year because of it. Ugh. It happens. It happens. It's my winter. I was with my family yesterday and they said, oh, you look different. Did you? And they thought maybe I lost weight. And I was like, no, it's actually weight gain. So, yeah, (laughs) I do look different. It's just the opposite side of the spectrum. But thank you for thinking it was different. (laughs) Oh, we're in this together. But I do have something (laughs) exciting to, to say. And I can't believe this is another reason that I think the time is just like skipped by is because my episode of Prodigal Son, episode 10, comes out tomorrow december 2nd so this episode comes out sunday december 1st and i can't believe one that i didn't tell everyone when it was coming out until now and two well because you've been too busy writing that's true i'm writing another episode ah but yeah my episode comes out tomorrow december 2nd on fox it's episode 10 of prodigal son it's the mid-season finale it's a lot of fun it's super creepy i'm so excited about it So for those of us who don't have cable, how would we go about watching it? Do you know? So it's on Hulu the next day. Oh. Or you can stream it on Fox online. You can do Fox Live. Sweet. Okay. I'm so excited. Mm Mm-hmm. Yay! It's fun. Two years ago, when we started this podcast, Sabrina, you talked about your dreams of being a writer. Mm Mm-hmm. And you were so excited that you had a writer's assistant position. You weren't Mm -hmm. writing. You were the assistant to a writer. right. And now you are a writer staffed on a show, writing your own episodes. Holy shit. Yeah. Whoa. See, I I feel very, where has time gone? It's flown by. I know. I feel like you've had so many successes. You had that. You and Nick are looking for a new apartment, so you're going to make your own new home somewhere. Mm -hmm. You got engaged. I think the only thing that hasn't happened is that you don't have another cat. (laughs) I thought you were going to say, like, you don't have kids. And I was like, well, yeah, that'd be skipping over a bunch of things. 
No, 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 no. I mean, like, in terms of your short-term goals. Yeah. I think that's the only one that hasn't come to life. My mom has been... So this morning, she actually texted me a bunch of photos of cats because she volunteers at the foster or at the animal shelter. And so she'll send me pictures of cats all the time. And she's like, just a, a cute Christmas idea for you. And then this morning, she escalated and has started a group chat with Nick and I. Oh, wow. And is trying to get Nick in on it. <laughs> Poor Nick, everyone. It's constantly pressuring him. Poor me. Okay. <laughs> poor you sabrina poor you no i i hope everyone knows how much i love leia it just would be so nice to have her have a friend and she's so look how cute and sleepy she is right because you work really long days and nick works long days and he's also a social butterfly so i feel like you guys haven't you leia is in need of some extra attention she is she wants a friend. You know, this is totally an Instagram plug for this uh, Instagram guy that I follow. His, <laughs> weird that I have it memorized, but his Instagram handle is Wolfgang2242. Oh. And he adopts a bunch of just either abandoned animals or really old, old, old dogs. So he's got dogs that like don't even look like dogs anymore. They're so damn old, but Aww. it's just so wonderful. He takes them in and they get to live the best senior years of their life. I love that. He's got a pig named Bikini. Aww. He has rabbits. He's got a turkey. He's got a whole host of, it's just an animal farm in there. That's your dream. It is my dream. I actually I think about that too. I think dream. if I wasn't doing this, I think I would have a little animal shelter. Yeah. I know. Like, if you could do truly what your soul desires to do, where would you be? I think it would be at an animal shelter. I would I would have, or as a librarian in, like, a small little Colorado town up in the mountains. Oh, that sounds so wonderful. There's a fireplace burning always. And, and the Stanley Hotel is, was that in Colorado? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Estes Park. Gotta I go think there. As much as I always say, like, if I win the lottery, I'd open up a senior dog sanctuary. Mm -hmm. Part of me still is like, okay, well, if it was act, if it doesn't have to do with animals, if I had to choose something else that didn't have to do with sweet potatoes, <laughs> um, then I think I would work at like a botanical gardens or like, I think I'd be oh. a farmer. I think I'd be I a could farmer. I see you do that. I feel like every time you go to your friend's farm, Kelsey's farm. Oh, I love her farm. You, you get like a renewed energy about you. I do. The farm resets me. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> wait, I what? was just at the farm and paranormal activity occurred. Yes. Wait, oh my gosh, you told me you had to say this. Okay, good. Good. I'm glad you remembered. <laughs> I had already forgotten about it. Okay, so to preface this, I've probably said this three times on the podcast now because that's how long the podcast has pretty much been going and we do annual trips to the farm. But my mm -hmm. friend Kelsey, her family owns a farmhouse down in Connecticut. It's a rather large home and there's horses on the property, a big garden that when we go in the summertime, we can pick vegetables from the garden and just, so it's just a great, great time. Mm -hmm. But the, the house itself is quite old and very few updates have been made. So it very much looks haunted. <laughs> it definitely is haunted. So like one of the stories we always tell is one of our friends saw someone standing in a stairwell 
in, so creepy. in the house. And there are like four stairwells because it's old and like every single room is separated. So I kind of avoid that stairwell. It really creeps me out, mm-hmm. though I never saw anything there. But a new group of people were with us at the farm this year. Some of Kelsey's other friends that hadn't been yet. And I started to tell them a couple ghost stories. <laughs> and we were in the meeting room, which is basically just the name for the big living room with the fireplace. So we were sitting in there and we'd been in there for hours. And mind you, I've been to the farm like 12 times. We started going in high school. Right. So I go every single year. And we're in the meeting room. We've been there for, I don't know, three or four hours, just like having a couple drinks, doing some board games, hanging out, like Mm -hmm. making dinner and eating in there, whatever. So as soon as I start telling ghost stories, all the lights start flickering. Oh, my gosh. Like, and not at the same time. It's not like just the electricity is going like ding, ding, ding. Each light is individually (gasps) flickering. It's like different strobe lights going on. Oh, my gosh. And everyone stopped and was like, holy shit. And then it happened. It kept going for like three minutes. And then we stopped talking about it. And then a couple hours later, we brought it up again. And we're like, wasn't that really weird when the lights started going off when we started talking about ghosts? And then we started talking about ghosts again. And like 30 seconds later, all the lights start flickering again. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that wild? And all of us were just sitting there like, "Uh, do we ignore it? Do we acknowledge it? Uh, Don't ignore it. But I don't know. Don't egg it on. I don't know. I wonder what kind of spirits they are. I feel like it must have been something that was attached to someone who came into the farmhouse. Because we've been there so many times. We've told so many ghost stories. And nothing's ever happened before like that. They're getting more power. They're getting more powerful. Yeah. (gasps) No. I I feel like my first instinct when you told me the story was that they were like ghosts and like, you know, partying and turning the lights on and off to... To add ambiance to your ghost telling. No, but you want to know what's messed up of us? What'd you do? Even after all that happened, we decided to play sardines and it was the most (laughs) fun thing I've ever done. We as adults, human adults, played a game of sardines and it lasted like 30 minutes because the house is really, it's basically like a labyrinth. It's, there's so many hiding spots. Every time I've. Remember, I've been going for like 12 years, and every time I go, I find a new stairwell oh or gosh. a new hallway or a new bedroom I've never seen, a new door somewhere. That's amazing. I want to play um, sardines. But yeah, even even after all of the haunting, we were all like, let's play sardines. One person, go hide. <laughs> yeah, being that one person would be scary. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But oh, so fun. That's so fun. Good times. Oh, that makes me just long for no responsibilities and relaxation. I know. In childhood. Bring me back. Can I tell you something? I don't know if I've told you yet. I think I did. You can tell know. me anything. I'm all I'm all over the place. Open your heart I to me. I don't know what happened to me, but about a week and a half ago, I got this idea in my head and I can't get it out. And it doesn't make any sense because why would I ever want to do this? What is it? I really want to hike the Appalachian Trail, like the whole thing all at once. How long is it? Well, it goes from, it starts in, or ends, I guess, whatever direction you start at. But it starts in on Katahdin, which is a mountain in Maine, and mm-hmm. then it ends in Georgia. Whoa. How long, have you looked into this? You haven't told me this. It, on like average, it takes people, if they just do it consistently for like the average Joe Schmo, like we're probably around like two and a half months, two months, two and a half months. Whoa. So I'm not going to have, ta- what am I going to have two and a half months? Yeah. Got to feed myself, pay my rent, but. I don't know. I just really want to do it, even though 
I hate not showering. <laughs> I'm terrified of spiders, deathly so. And I'm sure they're in every single cabin that people spend the night in. And also, half of our stories, when it has to do with the wilderness or hiking or camping, are along the Appalachian Trail. It's so haunted and scary. <gasps> Corinne, I know where this idea came from. Corinne, Bigfoot is putting vibes out for you and hoping you, you catch them. That's why it came out of nowhere. It's so unlike you, but Bigfoot's like heard heard what he's heard what's up. He's heard your call and he's returning it. Yeah. I think it must be that because it's so it go I feel like it goes so against my personality, but I can't get it out of my head. Damn it. Oh, Corinne, I got you something and I forgot to give it to you when I saw you. What? When I was in Seattle, I well, I don't want to ruin it. Okay, well then just send it to me. Okay. I, I realized it the other day while I was driving. I had it in my backpack and I totally forgot to give it to you. I bought it when I realized I forgot to bring my toothbrush and I had to buy a toothbrush when, at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So I have been using bio. It's like the biodegradable wood handled toothbrush with charcoal infused mm -hmm. bristles. And ever since I've been using charcoal infused bristles, my teeth have definitely been getting whiter. And people have been making comments, but our friends Nikita and Mia, they have a podcast called Faddish where they look into different fads and, and yeah. cover different fads. And I need to ask them to do an episode on charcoal because they just touched on it when they did like hangover cures or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and apparently it's bad for your enamel. Yeah, so I was going to say, I feel like I've heard it's bad. Okay, well, t I bought a like eight pack, so we're not oh. ending anytime soon. Um, dentists? Do we have any dentists that listen to us? Probably. Calling all dentists. Please tell Am us. Am I ruining my enamel? I'm not using the toothpaste. I'm just using charcoal infused bristles. Okay. This is an encounters episode. It says it in the title. We're going to read ghost stories that you sent us to you. And we're going to get scared because that's what we do best in the world. I want you to go because I got tired and my, my microphone started getting heavy. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, we are 19 minutes in, so this is going to be fun, folks. <laughs> I need to rest it on my boobs the way you do. Yeah, you can do everything. My parents literally, this is so awful that I do this on like family trips, but there's a picture of me from when I was like 13 in Aruba, and I have a milkshake on my chest as I lay down <laughs> in a beach chair, and I'm just drinking it out of the straw. <laughs> that is amazing. It's awesome. But not as amazing as this email from Allie called Big Bear Cabin and Toddler Medium. Ooh. Hey, ghostesses, longtime listener here. Me and my friend Morgan recommend your podcast to anyone and everyone who's looking for a recommendation. You could say that we're in deep with your guys' pyramid scheme. <laughs> yes. We both have a ton of ghost stories to tell, including the ghost at her grandparents' house that knocks on the walls, the ghost at our friend Victoria's old house, in the time our whole group of friends had rocks thrown at us at the cemetery in Old Town, San Diego. Uh, that's terrifying. I have a ton of ghost stories that take place in San Diego, but the haunting I'm writing about actually takes place in Big Bear, California. Mm. Have you been to Big Bear, Sabrina? I have not. Have you? Yes, I did. I did go. When I first moved out, the first few months that I lived in California, when I was 17, I went snowboarding up there. That's fun. And it just smells good. I like it up there. 
My grandma owns a cabin in Big Bear and has owned it my entire life. As long as I can remember, I've always thought that that cabin was haunted and I've never felt alone in a room there. So for a little backstory, my aunt rents out the cabin mainly to family and friends, but when it's not family and friends, it's usually just someone from her church. So my aunt rented out the cabin one weekend to a friend of a friend from church who she didn't know very well. But upon returning the keys to my aunt, the lady asks if she can tell her something without my aunt freaking out. And of course, my aunt was curious and was like, what is it? (laughs) Was there something wrong with the cabin? And the lady says, well, no, it's just, well, the cabin is haunted. I didn't Mm. want to freak you out, but I'm a medium. Oh, I can often see and communicate with spirits, and I don't tell many people at church because I know some people view it as a bad or devilish thing, but when I stayed in the cabin, there was a little old lady that would sit on the couch with us. She wasn't mean or evil by any means. She just sat there and liked to watch everyone have fun and play board games. My aunt is obviously already in shock. (laughs) But then the lady proceeds to describe the old lady to my aunt and describes her grandma, my great grandma, to a T. This lady does not know our family very well. And there are no pictures hung up anywhere in the cabin. Just tons and tons of bear decor. LOL. My aunt at that point was convinced there was a ghost in the cabin. Yeah, the ghost of your grandma. Your grandma. That's great. Good news. We're okay with that. Ghosts are, are mostly fun. Me and my friend never liked the downstairs. We always had the overwhelming urge to run up the stairs or felt that someone was watching us when we were down there. So last December, when me and my friends were able to snag the cabin for a weekend, we almost all opted to stay upstairs. (laughs) My two friends who had been at the cabin before hated the downstairs so much that they slept on the pullout in the living room upstairs and their two boyfriends shared the bunk downstairs. Oh my gosh. On Sunday, we had to wake up early to clean and pack up before heading home. And my one friend, Cassie, loves to get up early and make everyone else wake up too. So I was asleep on the bed with her and one of my other friends. And I'm facing the mirrored closet doors and I have my legs scrunched up to my chest and I feel something. Someone is pushing down on top of my knee as if they're trying to wake me up. And I feel it a few times, but my thought was, if Cassie is trying to wake me up (laughs) that bad, she's going to have to try harder than that. (laughs) And I promptly fell back to sleep. When I did wake up, I looked at the clock and I thought it read 9.45, but I didn't have my glasses on. So I look over at Cassie, who is awake, and I go, oh my god, it's 9.45, we have to get up and start cleaning. Cass, is that why you tried to wake me up earlier? To which Cassie replies, Allie, you're blind. It's only 7.45. Everyone legit just woke up. What are you talking about? (laughs) Safe to say, I have never been so happy to be a heavy sleeper. Thank God I didn't open my eyes because Lord only knows what I would have seen. Ooh. I know that this is already super long, but there are only two more stories. It doesn't matter. We're reading them. We love these. This is what we want. This is what we want. This is why we ask for that. We're not going to ask for things that we don't actually want. Yeah. Duh. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) Duh. Okay. So the weekend after me and my friends were there, my sister went up with her three kids and another family that her and her husband are friends with. Me and my aunt were already convinced that my niece, who was two at the time, can see ghosts, but I could write a whole other email just on the people that she sees alone. Anyway, they go up to the cabin, and when they come back, my sister texted me saying, you guys were totally right. I'm not convinced (laughs) that Audrey sees ghosts. Here's Mm. what happened when they were there. The entire weekend, my sister kept seeing my niece talk to someone at eye level to her. 
She kept going, what are you doing? Oh, I doing this. <laughs> so cute. I doing this. Or she would show the toy that she was playing with to someone. Thoroughly creeped out, my sister finally asked her what and who she was talking to, to which my niece answered, the little boy. He lives here, mommy. Safe to say my sister did not ask her again who she was talking to, but my niece nonetheless kept telling her when she saw things. My niece refused to go downstairs, even with an adult. Oh. The one and only time she went down there, she wouldn't step off of the bottom stair. And then she proceeded to tell my sister, the bad, scary man lives down here. I don't like him. He's scary, mommy. Um, he went gosh. through me. <gasps> yes, you read that right. My niece told my sister that the scary man went through her. Ooh. She would only take naps and sleep in the room upstairs where I was touched. And even then, she made someone lay down with her because she didn't like, quote, the lady who watched her when she slept. Okay, that sounds like maybe grandma. That's probably grandma. <laughs> Which I hope. I hope Which grandma. Which would be great, great grandma to this yeah, little girl. Right. And then she says, which could have been my great-grandma, but nonetheless, I was convinced 100% that not only could she see, see ghosts, but that my grandma's cabin in Big Bear was 1,000% haunted. I agree. Yep. Now, I always had the feeling of uneasiness downstairs and the feeling of being watched when I was in there in general, but I had never been physically touched until the last time we went. And then this next story might explain why. So the same aunt that rents it out stayed there one weekend with her friends from church. She slept in one of the downstairs rooms with a friend in the king bed one night, and my aunt woke up because she heard her friend saying, in the name of Jesus Christ, to leave this place. You do not belong here. Leave this place. That's a over terrifying thing to wake up again. to. <laughs> I don't know what I would do. I th uh, do you get up and help, or do you just pretend like it's not happening? Uh, What's better, denial or involvement? I don't know. I don't know either. I'd hope that you would come help me if th that was the situation. I would. I would. But I also understand why someone would not want to. Yeah. My aunt clearly freaked the fuck out and did not want to open her eyes to see what was there. This went on for a minute or two until she finally opened her eyes and saw what her friend was talking to. A black mass was on the ceiling above their bed above them. No. They both prayed and kept telling it that it did not belong here and it disappeared. My aunt was understandably very freaked out about this, and the next day after they packed up and headed home, she called my grandma to tell her what had happened. The conversation went something like this. Hey, mom, so I saw something in the cabin last night. I had always felt something, and people have always told me that they've seen things up there, but this was different. It was a oh. weird black mass on the ceiling. Whatever it was seemed bad. This was evil. Have you ever seen anything up there? There was something different about this. It just really freaked us out. To which my grandma responded, well, I've always known that there were spirits up there, even though I've never really experienced it. But I did tell my friends about the ghost last time we went up and one of them brought a Ouija board. <gasps> maybe that's maybe that's why there was something different grandma. up there. Yes, my grandma let her friends bring a Ouija board to her very haunted cabin. I'm pretty positive that whatever that black mass was came through during the Ouija board and was never put back. Yikes. Me and my friends are planning a trip for the beginning of February 2020, and you bet your ass I'm bringing anything and everything I can to cleanse that space. I refuse to wake up to a black cloud above me as I, as I sleep. I would promptly shit my pants <laughs> simultaneously have a heart attack. 
Anyways, thanks for the awesome spooky stories and many hours of entertainment and heebie-jeebies you provide me and my friends. Keep up the awesome work and congratulations on your engagement, Sabrina. Oh, hey. Much love and many cleansing rituals, Allie. Allie, you need to tell us everything the second you get back from this trip in February. And the amount of ghosts in this house. It's wild. Because there's a little boy. We know that. Right. And I was like, grandma, that like, or great grandmother, that's great. That's so nice and sweet and kind. And then there's a little boy, a black mass. Who knows what The scary man in the basement who goes through people. But that could be connected to the black mass. You're right. Because also, was it in the basement? Yeah. I think the aunt was sleeping in the basement in the king bed. Yeah. But it's also that, that the image of it going through the her niece and her niece being scared of it is such a scare tactic because I feel like ghosts don't just regularly walk through people. They do it because they know it will frighten someone. Yeah. So I do not like that basement ghost. It was like a two-year-old girl. I know. I'm dying to hear how, how, what other things that little girl sees. Allie, tell us all about your niece. We're very curious. I'm also, because I'm curious like some people are just open to spirits and they come to them, right? So it might be that she's so open that all the spirits in that area could have come to the house to to visit with the with her niece. It doesn't mean that they're all in that house. I also am curious about grandma's interactions in the house because just going off of my experience when my dog passed away, he mm-hmm. kicked all the ghosts out of the house except for our like friendly resident ghosts that he probably didn't even realize were spirits. He probably thought that they were fellow family members because they mm-hmm. were always around. But I wonder if grandma's ever done anything. I wonder if everyone's there with her blessing or if she's working like great grandma, if her spirit's working to rid the house as well. Oh, I like that. I like to think that she's protecting them. Yeah. Like, I wonder if she doesn't really haunt the cabin. It's more just when people are there, she comes Mm -hmm. down to be on even playing ground to make sure no funny business. (laughs) I do like that. I also could see the idea that it was the grandma shaking Allie awake. I don't know what the purpose of it would be, but it just feels like a grandmotherly, motherly thing to do. Yeah. Time to wake up. Time to wake up. I have a story from Kelsey. That kind of lends nicely into this story you just told because it's titled, You Asked for Creepy Children. (laughs) She says, hello, my ghostesses. You have asked for creepy children, so I will tell you two stories. I hope they give you chills. My family is very spiritual on my mom's side, and we have grown up being taught random superstitions, herbal remedies, tea leaf readings, and dream interpretations. My mom has always been very strict about certain rules being followed in the house and has numerous good luck symbols all over the place. Most notably, five-point stars hidden all over and a silver horseshoe on her bedroom door. My brother Dev and I have always made fun of my mom when we were kids, and it wasn't until our teen years that we learned we were really creepy children. My brother was very close to my mom's dad, our maternal grandpa, but he passed away when my brother was only three years old. My mom knew he would be devastated even at that age, so she held off on telling him. The night after his passing, my brother bolted into my parents' room and woke them up. He was so excited because grandpa was there to visit, and Dev really wanted them to come see him. 
My mom followed my brother into an empty room and pulled him back to bed. She assumed it was all just a dream. And in the morning, she finally broke the news to him. To her surprise, he didn't cry, but became very quiet and thoughtful. He asked her, But mommy, why don't, ha- why don't angels have wings? My mom was so spooked and to this day believes that grandpa was stopping in to make one last goodbye to his favorite grandson. While my brother's story is quite sweet, mine still creeps me out. I've only told a few people about it because I don't think anyone would believe me. In a previous email, I let you know about my preteen dealings with the Ouija board. Well, looking back, we were so dumb. My maternal family is incredibly strict about Ouija board seances and any other method of calling on the dead. And until this point, I just thought they were over paranoid as my friends were just having good fun by talking to ghosts and demons and stuff. My mom knew we used the Ouija board at my friend's house, but made it very clear we were to never bring it over to our house. Being 13 and stupid, we obviously didn't listen and my friend snuck the board over at every sleepover. My friend and I had a few regular spirits we spoke to. One was called Spike. And to be honest, I thought my friend was making it up because it was the dumbest name I had ever heard. And also a character on Buffy. He claimed to be a demon, not a ghost, and would just talk about dumb things and claimed he would be able to possess items. Sometimes while talking to Spike, the planchette would go crazy and move all across the board and we would talk to X. Now I know that it was Zozo, but at the time I thought it was again the dumbest name in the history of the Ouija board and made so much fun of it for not having control over itself. In fact, I would howl in laughter when it started moving quickly across the board. How is that scary? Seriously? I was such a sarcastic and dumb kid. Well, shit that did not work out well for my brother and I. Apparently, we let in something very dark that was harassing my brother at 3 a.m. every night. He would wake up and see it drifting over his bed, and being a cranky teenager who had no fucks left to give, would tell the demon shadow it wasn't scary and to fuck off and let him go to sleep. Who says that to a demon? I'm never going to get over that. My brother told me it should be my problem because I opened the door and let it into our home, and he told me to fix it. I caved and finally told my Aunt Kathy everything. I was in so much trouble, but she fixed it all up for us, so can't be too upset at the grounding I received. However, during our conversation, she asked me who we'd been speaking to, and I told her about Spike. My aunt lost it. Apparently, when I was very little, I had imaginary bird friends that I would play with in the backyard. I would get defensive about it when my family teased me and would try to tell them about it. One day, my aunt asked what kind of birds they were and I drew them out and described them as large, humanoid black crows. One of them was named Spike. What? (gasps) My aunt was creeped out and told me that I shouldn't be playing with them and encouraged me to play with nicer animals instead. She wasn't sure if anyone would believe her hunch, so she made sure to write down the names so she wouldn't forget. I only told my brother about it and my current best friend because I still doubt anyone would believe me. Also, Spike is still the dumbest name for a demon, but apparently he is a large black crow who also hung out in my aunt's backyard with three-year-old me. So that is my nightmare fuel for the day. I'm curious to know if anyone else has met these crows before, as I still don't know if the Ouija board demon is just a coincidence. My husband is demanding I tell you guys about our resident prankster ghost that I have named Tommy Bones, but I'll save that for another email. Love your podcast. Can't wait for the next episode. Happy Halloween! I'm going to keep that in there because it's Halloween always. See you on the other side, Kels. P.S. Fun fact, falsely practicing witchcraft is a criminal offense in Canada. 
as is Prowl by Night. We have some fun old-timey sounding laws that can always make me giggle. Hopefully you get a laugh after the scary stuff. Okay, wait. Falsely practicing witchcraft so you can truly practice witchcraft? You can't just fake your witchcraft. You actually have to be good at it. You have to know what you're doing. Okay. Duly noted. Okay, this is so freaking scary. I hate when things are attached to people and kind of lay dormant for years and years. I think that's the scariest thing ever. Yes. Me too. The reappearance of a demon. It was like lurking and waiting. And it makes me wonder too if it's like, if if she's so maybe closed off in certain ways that it could no longer show its appearance. And so the Ouija board was like a great way for it to try to reintroduce itself and try to open her up again. I know. I'm curious about that because if it's been following her since she was three, what if she never played the Ouija board? What, how would it have made contact? Because clearly it was waiting for something. And if she has children, will her children talk about their friend Spike? Oh my gosh, that would be terrifying. Right? I'm glad that oh, nothing, nothing really bad happened, though. I mean, aside from her brother being haunted by this creature in his room. But, I mean, she didn't really have any horrible experiences. I just also really appreciate that despite everything that happened, Kelsey's still like, okay, but it still is a really dumb name. (laughs) (laughs) Like, she basically got in trouble for taunting it and then still to this day is like, well, I don't regret that because it's dumb. (laughs) I also admire that so much because I think it's so easy to get scared of entities like this but that gives them more power so the fact that she's making fun of it yeah could make it angry but it's also like your name is dumb you think you can scare me (laughs) oh spike i don't think it's dumb don't come for me (laughs) i have one and this drew my attention because the title is called corinne hates mirrors right oh no from emily (laughs) shit She drew you in. Hey, ghouls and kitty. I have six cats at my house. I am jealous. I totally love y'all's podcast, and I'm so happy to finally have a story to tell y'all. I'm very interested in the paranormal, but I have never had an experience happen to me. Yes, I'm from Louisiana, but I'm far from the land of voodoo. I live on a rice farm. LOL. (laughs) I'm sitting at the Driscoll Hotel in Austin, Texas, which is in the top 10 most haunted hotels in the U.S. Yes. Did we cover that one? Or did I, I just individually? It sounds familiar. I think we we either covered it or I did extensive research on it and never talked about it. But I think yeah. we covered it. We may have covered it. I walked into my hotel room earlier and the radio was on and Tim McGraw's Live Like You Were Dying was playing. Weird as fickety fuck. <laughs> I did just look it up, though. We haven't done it yet. We haven't done it? We haven't. Wait I feel like we've just, like, in our research, probably come across it many times. At the Driscoll, there's a lady at the bar, and she told me the story. And she told me a story that happened last week to her friend. Her friend and her husband and daughter recently moved to rent a house. One night, the wife was taking a shower, and she got out of the shower, and she noticed a weird mark on the mirror from the steam. She looked closer, and on the mirror was a written message. It said, a beautiful family. (gasps) She was bearded out, but thought it was her husband until she realized it was written from the inside of the mirror. What? She calmly said, thank you so much. 
We're only here temporarily, so we appreciate the compliment, but please don't scare us. And then she said a prayer. Her family avoided the bathroom for a few days, and a few nights later, her husband was taking a shower in the same bathroom. He got out of the shower, sat on the toilet to see if it would happen again, and and as he was sitting, he saw a heart being drawn on the mirror by itself. No. And then the words, beautiful and amazing, with a heart over it. Very spooky. I got chills when she told me. Drinking my Moscow Mule with goosebumps. I love it. (laughs) There was another lady at the bar who said that she smelled rotten eggs and sulfur earlier in her hotel room. Signs of a demon, right? And I'm shitting bricks because I'm staying here by myself tonight. The most active ghost at this hotel is Colonel Driscoll, who built this hotel. He likes to visit women who are staying by themselves, and he likes to cup a booby or two. Uh, okay, creep. Creep, get off the boobs. I'm not ready to get felt up by a ghost. I know he's around. I'll know he's around if I smell cigar smoke. P.S. I tweet y'all all all the time. I'm so sorry. I just love y'all and I want to be friends with y'all. And if y'all ever find y'all selves in Louisiana, let me know. Also, I'm waiting for the day y'all say, where are your ghostesses with the mostesses? (laughs) Y'all might have said that already, but please say it again. (laughs) We are your ghostesses with the mostesses. (laughs) Lots of love. XOXOXO. Emily. Wow. Um, okay, now we definitely need to do Driscoll Hotel because I need to know more. I am, okay, this writing messages in the mirror is terrifying. Yeah. The inside of the mirror. And it's one thing to come out and see it written. I think that that's horrifying. But the fact that her husband witnessed, this lady's husband witnessed it actually being scratched into the mirror. And it's just so creepy. And like saying beautiful family seems like. I'm go it seems like the ghost wants to eat them. Right? I know. It's like it, if like a little old lady on the street walked by and was like, Oh, beautiful family, you'd be like, Oh, that's so sweet. But in this setting, in this context, it is the creepiest damn thing ever. It's like there's a yeah. stalker waiting for the right moment to just take over the family. And also like you're naked in the shower, you're vulnerable you're in a place that you don't you don't you're not really protected and it makes you feel really unsafe and vulnerable and kind of like yeah infiltrated so creepy oh i don't like it at all this is gonna make me despise mirrors even more than i do (laughs) i think that was probably why she subjected it that way my gosh yeah it is creepy And it's like, are they living in the mirror or are they in the bathroom just writing it that way, you know? Right. And are, yeah. Is that just the opportunity to write the message? And so that's why they utilize shower time because of the steam? Or is it that they're, it's like watching while you're naked? I don't, well, I don't know. It reminds me of that Black Mirror episode we did. um, And you talked about a mirror that's on tour with the The dark mirror, the scrying mirror. Yeah, and just like the face that people see when they look in it and that people have been cursed and it just has gives me bad vibes. I'm not down with it. Do you want to live a little discomfortable life? Because I have a scary story. Yeah, sure. In this moment. This is from Ashlyn. 
She, her subject line is B-E-K, life-size Barbie and demonic presence. Hey ladies, first off, I want to say I love the podcast and it's what gets me through my long days at work. I work in a building that was built in the 20s all by myself with a well in the basement. There's definitely a ghost here, but we're, we're friends, so all is good. I have a couple of stories to share, so let's get started. My first story, B-E-K alien theory. Have you ever heard the theory that black-eyed kids are alien hybrid children? I just listened to episode 50 about alien experiences and you were all taught and y'all were talking about aliens creating human hybrids. One theory that this reminded me of is the black eyed kids that they're actually alien hybrids and that's why their eyes are black and seem almost robotic. This makes sense to me Two, While listening to your shows, there are a couple of stories that you've shared from other listeners that I swore the exact thing happened to me. Mm. The first one was when you were discussing discussing haunted dolls in a very very early episode. Y'all mentioned a girl in book club who had a haunted life-size Barbie doll. I literally had the exact same experience. My sister and I called her the demon doll and would put her up in our attic only to wake up the next day with her sitting in my room. Too freaky. The next story that y'all shared, and I swore someone stole from me, was in a listener episode you talked about a boy who came back from a mission trip and was sleeping on the couch when a demon visited him. Yes. About two years ago, I went on a church mission for a year. The day I came home, I had gone asleep in my bed only to wake up with an awful feeling and to see a large black mass hovering a foot above my head. I immediately sent it away in the name of Jesus, and it was sucked up into the corner of my ceiling exactly how it did in that listener story. I definitely think y'all were onto something when you said the darkness knows who is more vulnerable. Coming back from a mission trip, you were constantly surrounded by God, and this was the first moment in an entire year that I wasn't in a godly atmosphere. The The funny thing is, is that I'm not a godly person, and I joined a mission trip by accident, aka it was kind of culty. But that's another story for another time. Thanks for reading. See y'all on the other side. Ashlyn. That is so, I mean, I don't know why I'm surprised because I feel like we have so many, so many experiences sent to us that are, that appear repetitive in that I'm recognizing patterns in a lot of them. Yeah. But to have such specific, like duplicate experiences, I bet it's both terrifying and also relieving because it's like, okay, I wasn't the only one that experienced this. I'm not losing my mind but at the same time it's like holy shit what is this thing that's going around tormenting everyone what are these experiences and why is everyone having these similar experiences it kind of reminds me of sorry i'm gonna go on a tangent but (laughs) it reminds me of sleep paralysis and how so much research has been done and people are like oh well it's actually just your brain and chemical releases and blah 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 blah. but yet if that were the case why do why are there like eight different things that happen pretty much to everyone despite if they know what sleep paralysis or not i understand right. if you if you reading up on it and then you get sleep paralysis and then you see something and it's like oh well i saw what i read but there are so many people that have never heard about it and they experience it and yet the same thing happens to them it's so strange because it makes you and we talked about this way early in the beginning of this podcast about how there's so many similarities between people's experiences and just in patterns of behavior of spirits that it makes you wonder if there's like a guidebook or a manual of like, here's what you do because the yeah, fact Monsters that monsters Inc. Yes. Right. And like, like the, the book that, for the recently deceased, but instead of like, 
here's your next steps. It's more of like haunting instructions. How to haunt the informational guide. But like the fact that so many life-size Barbie dolls have creepy stories like this or the fact that her last story about the mission trip, it's so interesting. Like, is it one dark entity that just targets people who've come back from mission trips or is it multiple who all are doing the same thing because they know that that's the place, like Ashlyn said, where they're finally away from a godly atmosphere and they think they can get them? Yeah, I wonder if it's location. I wonder if maybe they went on the mission trip in the same location, stayed in the same home or in the same town or visited the same family and this thing just followed them. There's unions for these demons, dark (laughs) entities. Local 871. That's so interesting. And I totally buy the theory that BEKs could be alien hybrid offsprings. Whatever they are, they're extraterrestrial in some way. They're yeah, not- the fact of the matter is we don't know what they are, but they're not right. human. Not fully. Yeah, definitely not. Unless they're humans that are turned into them, like melon heads a little bit. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Okay. Right, what do you have? I have one from Mark. Hi, my name is Mark. I'm from Toronto, Canada. I have a paranormal experience that happened to me when I was about five or six years old. When I was a kid, my dad had to travel a lot for work, so my mom and I were home alone often. I remember one Saturday night, my mom telling me that it was time to go to bed and she would be up in a few minutes to tuck me in. I'm pretty tired, so I went up, I got into bed, and I pulled the covers over my head because I was afraid of the dark. Mm. Shortly after I got into bed, I heard footsteps coming up the stairs. Thinking that it was my mom, I said, Mom, I'm okay. You can stay downstairs. A minute Mm -hmm. later, I heard footsteps walking into my room again. And I said, Mom, I'm okay. And then I heard an old lady's voice say, I'm not your mother, little boy. (gasps) I pulled the covers off of my head and I saw a ghostly figure of an old lady standing at the corner of my bed staring at me. I screamed as loud as I possibly could and I ran downstairs to my mom and told her what happened. I left the house that night and went and slept at my grandparents' house. I never slept in that bedroom again. Oh, my. (laughs) Thank you. And please keep up the great work on your podcast. Have a good day, Mark. 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 Who is not your mother? Who is this? I'm not your mother, little boy. That's so creepy. It's so creepy, but it just came in my head as the that youtube video kittens inspired by kittens and the girl who's narrating oh. go i'm her mom and then the no, other kitten goes she's no not. she's not <laughs> kittens by kittens is amazing we are in hawaii <laughs> zoom in <Psst>. peeing <laughs> everyone should go that's a good video to watch after you listen to any episode of two yes. girls one goes you're feeling a little spooked. Go YouTube kittens by kittens. It's It makes me wonder too. So he heard footsteps walking either into his or walking up the stairs. And then a mm-hmm. few moments later, he heard it again. So it's like, I feel like the woman was at the top of the stairs just staring at him. <gasps> and then finally made made the decision to move closer. Oh, And that's I, when he called out. That's terrifying. Like You're so right. Him. 
I'm so curious if anyone else in his family or in that house experienced anything like that. I'm not your mother, little boy. Ooh, I can't get that out of my head. And I wonder what corner of the bed she was. Like, did he have to get up and run past her on that? (gasps) God, I just, sorry. I envisioned running and like just that sheer fear of not like your back so exposed and not being able to turn around because like what what will you see you just have to trust that you're running fast enough right, like her craning her neck sideways to like follow him out no or what if she crawled like breaks her wrist joints and her elbows crack no. upwards and then she starts like climbing like spider-like and creepy and then she vomits on the floor like the exorcist. Oh, like black, gross, gooey vomit that then starts to like, form into something else. Very Demogorgon-ish. Yeah, very Demogorgon-like. While I was in Georgetown, because I work for a company called Ministry of Supply, and I, for work, was going around to all the different stores to meet with all of the, the staff there. And mm-hmm. when I was in the Georgetown location, the one of the employees there brought me over to the stairs that are in the movie the exorcist they're right there they're like two blocks away freaking way yeah did you take pictures i took pictures obviously by the stairs i mean you have to send them to me i'm like smiling so hard and i'm like this is probably not appropriate that i'm cheesing so hard while standing at the bottom of the stairs that in the movie were basically like the stairs that killed one of the priests that got possessed okay it's a movie though so yeah, true. Actors. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that Mark didn't have to sleep in that room again. I'm hoping he never saw I'm Not Your Mother, Little Boy, ever again. Because that shit scary. Well, do you have something more uplifting or? Okay, I'm going to read. I think actually surprising. The last two I have are uplifting. Okay, so this is from Aubrey. And she says, Halloween ghost party at the office next door. Fun. Hello, ladies. I hope this makes the podcast or at least part of it. But I heard Grace's story on Encounters 20 and felt compelled to share. On the positive side, my mom and I had an experience similar to hers with her grandfather in the back seat. When I was in the second grade, my mom and I were driving through town and the rain was pouring in sheets. It was the 80s. So yeah, you heard put on your seatbelt only when the rain got bad. And yeah, front seat at seven years old. Anyway, my mom always felt I had a guardian angel. Lots to say here, but unimportant right now. The light ahead turned yellow, and she was unsure if she could stop, so she started to go through it. She caught the rearview mirror and saw a man in the back seat shake his head. And when she saw that, she slammed on the brakes. Seconds later, another car chose to run through the light and was T-boned by the car coming through the other light. Ooh. I don't know what happened to them, but my mom still shakes when she tells it. But dude... Ghosts are everywhere for me. I am currently in my first and only house that doesn't have a feel. Maybe it's because my ghost is currently in my office. I'm an alcohol and drug abuse counselor, and I run a group from 6 to 9 p.m. My office suite is notoriously haunted. Everyone who's worked there hears the copy machine go off for nothing, and papers rustle around. I'm there alone a lot, and there's just a general unease in one of the back group rooms. The lights often often end up on when no one has used it. And I've always taken comfort in the office suite next door. Most nights when I lock up, if I don't leave with my patients, there's a group of people meeting in the heart doctor's office next door. I think it's for those facing potential surgery, but it could be a pyramid scheme. Who knows? 
Last Halloween, I had to close, and because it was the end of the month, I had to ensure that all paperwork and clinical documentation was complete before I left. Because it was Halloween, I was extra on edge, but it wasn't long before I heard the people in the suite next door laughing and having a ball. I texted another counselor at another satellite closing and said, all is well when the heart doctor has a party next door. They were having so much fun that it made me smile. I just typed away, ignoring the rustling paper in the group room, brushing off the goosebumps that generally creep up when I'm alone there too long. I just felt good and safe. And as I packed up my bags and locked my office door, one woman was just in hysterics and I couldn't wait to peek in. I hit the lights around the building, turned the lights off in the lobby, and pulled the door in order to lock it. And I glanced into the next suite as I did. It was dark. My heart sunk. That was when I looked around the parking lot in the back of the office complex, and my car was the only car in the parking lot. There was no way the party rushed out and drove away in the two minutes it took me to walk from my office to the door. I assumed that someone was celebrating, and I guess the suite next door is haunted? I don't know. Uh, Your podcast is absolutely my favorite. I could honestly write novels for you guys. I'm a magnet for spirit activity, and it's both fascinating and terrifying. I love, love, love you guys so much. Thanks for all the amazing content. Stay spooky, Aubrey. Oh my goodness. I mean, at least they're having a good time. But it's so interesting that she she was questioning the pyramid scheme of this company because they probably were working so late at night and maybe it was like a group of people that she often saw. But maybe it's just like a group of ghosts that hang out at that office. Right. And I, I, it makes me wonder too, especially like the, all of the laughing and partying, If it's, I get confused a lot about like just the idea of a residual haunting versus like more of an intelligent haunting. Right. And it makes me wonder if maybe there was just such a good party one time that it imprinted (laughs) onto the energy in that space and continues to replay itself. But it feels like that it was just that one night on Halloween that it seemed like it was a party. Oh, that's true. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. It's a heart surgery clinic, right? So maybe they have surgeries that happen there but people have passed away sadly but all of the ghosts there hang out together like anyone who's passed away they all are friends and buddies and they hang out there and they've just become this like like fun group of ghosts that hang out and it was halloween and they were like we're ghosts we have to celebrate halloween and they had a real hoot of a halloween party oh i love that or it reminds me of american horror story hotel where maybe hmm. it's kind of like this one night of the year, they all get to come together. It's like the one night they get to have a dinner party, the one night they all can see each other again. Right. And so they just come together and party every single year on Halloween. That's fun. People need to be there on Halloween again next year and report back. Yes, please, Aubrey, tell us if there's more. Do tell. Alrighty, right. here we go. This is from our listener, Kylie. And it's titled, I Hear Dead People. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Hi, Ghostesses. I absolutely adore the podcast. I've binged your podcast all over again recently. I never did write in some of my experiences that have only gotten stronger and stranger the older I get. And I decided on one of my days off that now would be a good time to write it all out. Yes. At least some of it. So glad. So glad. 
the first experience I ever had involved a new house and a new move. The summer before seventh grade, my mother fell in love with a man that lived across the country, and we shortly moved in with him from an island in Florida to the suburbs of Chicago. My mom's boyfriend had recently purchased the house from an older couple. The husband, Louis, passed away and his wife decided to move. Their last name was still etched on the door knocker on the front door. It started with hearing someone running up and down the hallway. We would get up in the morning to all of the cabinet doors open. There were handprints along the lower portion of the wall in the hallway that would just randomly appear, like someone was dragging their hands down the hallway walls oh as gosh. they crawled past. <gasps> okay, I was expecting this to be like a sweet ghost, but this is scary. <laughs> yeah, this is horrifying. Whew. Jokingly, when doors would swing open, my mom would say, Stop it, Lois! And miraculously, the doors would close. Wow. We started asking neighbors about what had happened in the house and if anything strange had occurred. Neighbors said that Lewis was a very stubborn and stereotypical old get off my lawn type (laughs) of man. Apparently, Lewis and his wife were fighting with the windows open and his wife yelled, it would kill you to be nice for one day. And that night, as fate would have it, he passed away. Whoa. After that, things started escalating. I was laying down in bed reading one day, home alone, and I heard my mom's boyfriend walking around the house, and eventually he came into my room and sat on my bed. I felt the bed sag under the weight of his body. I said hello, and when he didn't respond, I turned to where he was sitting, but there was no one there. Except the imprint of someone sitting on my bed remained in the duvet. Nope. I ran out of the house and sat on the front porch until someone came home. Oh. Oh, that reminds me of when I was FaceTiming with my cousin Lainey. And yes, I was and like, stayed- oh, who walked behind you? Who's home? And she was like, yep. no one. And she ran outside. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I used to sleep with the door a little open because our dog liked to walk in and out of my room. I kept seeing someone standing in my doorway, like watching me. Nope. This went on for probably a month straight. Every night, I would glance at the door to see an outline of someone standing there. When I talked to my mom, her boyfriend, and my sister, they all had no idea what I was talking about. They never looked in on my sleeping. And from then on, I slept with the door closed. My dog would just have to deal. (laughs) My sister would hear pounding on her door randomly in the middle of the night. She could tell the knocking was coming near the bottom of the door. Ah! I hate this! All of this is weird, like the crawling and stuff. Like This is like literally nightmare inducing. Yeah. She thought it was me playing a prank on her and crawling on the floor and hitting her door. Trust me, it was not me. (laughs) One day, my sister and I were watching TV and from sitting on the couch, we could see the entrance towards the kitchen. The kitchen and the living room are separated by an L wall with two entrances. Sitting there, we saw the shadow of someone standing in the kitchen. We both stood up and the shadow darted like a person in the kitchen was trying to run away. I ran to one entrance. My sister ran to the other, thinking that we would catch our neighbor pulling a prank on us. But when we ran and stood in the kitchen at the different entrances, no one was there, but every cabinet was open. Yikes. As the events kept escalating, so did my mom's boyfriend's behavior. Drinking more heavily and getting more aggressive happened hand in hand with the strange events in the house. 
We moved out shortly after that, not being able to deal with the events nor his behavior. And I know this house was sold shortly after we left. My mom's ex-boyfriend put the house up for sale. It has exchanged hands multiple times, and no one has stayed there longer than a couple of years. For a long time, nothing happened until I went away to college. I lived in the dorms of a small college. We would hear footsteps, and things would fly off of the tables and dressers. When I went into my junior year, I was living with my best friend Nicole in one of the dorms, and we hung Christmas lights around the windows. I could hear talking and whispering inside the room, but could never figure out what whatever it was was saying. Hmm. Jokingly, Nicole started to ask, is there anyone here with us? Slightly <laughs> teasing me when I would talk about the whispering. Secretly, I hoped that we had a ghost. Hearing ghosts sounds a lot better than me having an auditory hallucination. Honestly, I was worried I was going crazy. But when she asked that question, the Christmas lights moved from hanging there to lifting up so that they were perpendicular to the mm. window, staying yeah. there for a second in midair and then dropping. It wasn't the wind. No one was moving them. It was this ghost or presence. I just knew it. Whoa. It was Nicole's first experience with anything paranormal, and she would ask more and more questions, and the Christmas lights would answer. One movement for no, two for yes. It's Stranger Things. Stranger Things. <laughs> but at this point, I started to get this feeling that it wasn't a crotchety old man like Lewis. This was something different, and it had something evil that filled, with, that filled me with dread. Uh, it kept no. progressing with Nicole talking to this thing every day. One night, though, I was laying in bed and I had a perfect view of the mirror that's right by the door. I couldn't see the door from where my bed was positioned, but I could see the mirror. Nicole was half asleep in her bed and I started to hear whispering, but I couldn't make it out. I asked if Nicole heard what I was hearing and she didn't. I felt the hair on the back of my neck stand up before I felt the temperature change. Mm. I turned on the bedside lamp and I looked glancing at the mirror and there was a man standing right next to the door. I saw his back and he was wearing a white dress shirt, black pants, and had an old haircut. He almost looked grayed out, but either covered in dust or ash. This entity slowly turned around to look in the mirror and he made uh. eye contact with me. His eyes were black. No! I screamed and Nicole jumped out of bed and turned all the lights on, but by that time it had disappeared. We took down the Christmas lights and I made Nicole promise to never contact anything or try to talk to anything. Seriously. Once she stopped, seriously, once she stopped giving the thing attention or energy, things started to slow down. Thank goodness. And the whispering almost completely stopped. Leaving school was a godsend. Wow. I lived with my boyfriend for a while. And although he has stories about the nasty presence before I lived there, I think a poltergeist, nothing really affected me as long as I stayed away from the basement. Things started to change, though. I started hearing things again. Slight talking, almost conversations next to me. I mean, I have bad hearing. I know I do. <laughs> when I was a kid, I had plenty of ear infections that were never diagnosed properly. Conversations where I could make out every couple of words are not normal, especially when there's no one around. I ended up moving in with my sister after some medical issues. I'm fine. And that's when Good. things picked up again. I would hear a baby cry at night. Her neighbors didn't have any infants and younger or younger kids, so it couldn't have been them. And sometimes there's this lady in white, of course, pacing on the edge of the woods behind her house. Oh, my gosh. My sister's never seen her, but she can feel goosebumps when we are outside and she appears. There's so many. So many. One night I was outside and I heard a woman say, 
Where is she? Please help me. While the baby simultaneously (gasps) cries. Oh, that's so sad. So sad. I wasn't going crazy. I just sometimes hear ghosts. It doesn't only happen at night, though. I was walking from getting ice cream back to the car with my boyfriend, and I kept hearing someone shout, Help me, please! I found out later that someone had been shot and unfortunately passed away not too long ago in that exact place. Whoa. Mostly it sounds like someone is trying to get my attention, but I try to ignore it. There's lots of, hey, or hello? I found out recently, within the month, that I have a cousin that has been able to see people who have passed away and has been able to since she was a child. I guess it runs in the family. Anyway, thanks for reading. I know this is long. I apologize. Don't apologize. If you want to hear more, I can definitely tell you about my boyfriend's poltergeist. Yes. Yes. More scary stories from college and the ghost that seems a little bit motherly and shuts my windows when it's raining or covers me with a blanket. Oh, that's cute. And more updates about who or what I'm hearing. Stay spooky. See you on the other side. Kylie. Definitely want updates. Definitely. I don't know that it was Lewis who was haunting that first house. It definitely wasn't Lewis. Like, I understand kind of like the get off my lawn and like thinking that, you know, maybe he was an upset presence, yeah. but an old man does not crawl. Yeah, that's along not normal. The door, nor does an old man run at the speed of light after opening all of the cupboards. Right. I almost feel like. Because she said that her mom's boyfriend started acting strange. Like, is there darkness that caused Lewis to be like a grumpy old man too, you know? Right. I know. What's there? What's affecting that house? And And if it keeps changing hands every couple of years, it sounds like whether or not people see see something, at least it's affecting people enough that living with whoever they're living with or living in that house is not – doesn't seem like – yeah, the possibility. There is, there's part of me that wonders if the thing in college was connected to this entity at the house, or it could just be some, I mean, I don't know, but there was just something about it like lurking the way it did, and it like kind of felt targeted to her. Yeah. It's but it got power that, because her roommate was talking to it. Yeah. That it was, yeah, it did seem kind of targeted to her because she could hear it. Yeah. Whereas the roommate could not. But it was interesting that. It kind of like shared, shared itself with both of them. You know, they both experienced yeah. different parts of this s- demon yeah. or whatever it was. Part of me thought that she was going to look in the mirror and she was going to see her roommate like, ha- like sleep talking to an entity in the mirror. I, yeah, I thought that too. I thought not sleep talking, but I just assumed that like she would see something like laying next to her roommate. Oh, that's even worse. But turning around and black eyes looking. <gasps> nope, that's horrible. Let's close out with a story read by Sabrina. And the subject line is, My cat might have been abducted by aliens. <laughs> this is from Anna. Hi, Corinne and Sabrina. I absolutely love your podcast. I've been playing catch up and just got through the episode, Take Me to Space. And it made me think of this one instance where we think, our cat may have gotten abducted by aliens. I know it probably sounds insane and super weird, but here's the story. So our cat, Patch, was an outdoor cat. 
We got him off one of our neighbors when I was seven, and he was two years old and had a very bad burn on his head that had been festering for some time, and the neighbor wasn't doing anything about it, so my parents and I, being the animal people we are, said we would take him. We took him to the vet, but were only supposed to have him till he recovered from his injuries and could be adopted, but he ended up staying forever because we're suckers like that. He was always such a calm and sweet-natured cat, and when I say calm, I mean you could set off a bomb beside him and he wouldn't be bothered. He was that chill. Anyway, when he was about 11 or 12 years old, there was one summer night that he didn't come home, which was so unusual for him because for 10 years, like clockwork, he'd be on the back porch at 8 p.m. yowling for his dinner and to be tucked away for the night. We went around the entire neighborhood with treats calling his name and nothing. We were worried sick all night until we saw him hopping the fence the next morning. He seemed out of sorts, like he was paranoid about something. And that's when we noticed a tiny shaved patch on the side of his neck, (gasps) along with two very small puncture marks. We thought it was very strange and took him to the vet, who said that while it looked medical, he'd never seen or heard of any procedure in his practice that would leave puncture marks like that. It was really bizarre. My mom and I made the joke that maybe he was abducted by aliens, but as the weeks progressed, we started wondering if maybe that actually happened to him. He wasn't the same chill cat from before. He was very jumpy and paranoid, and he stopped being so affectionate he started hissing more and trying to scratch. He also stopped leaving the yard. We'd let him out in the mornings, and he would be very reluctant reluctant to go outside when he did. He just followed our dog around the whole time and never left the yard. And the very bizarre part was shiny aluminum objects seemed to scare the crap out of him he used to like baths weird he was a weird cat i know and my mom had a little aluminum wash basin for him so he could have a bath outside during summer and he used to love it but when she brought it out one day he freaked out and ran off and same with our barbecue we brought out the grill which he used to associate with food and instead of sitting beside it with our dog waiting for handouts like he normally did he ran away for a few hours it took him a good year to get back to normal, but he never seemed to be fully okay with shiny aluminum objects after that. He lived to be 14 years old and sadly passed away from a heart attack one night, but he was such a good cat and we miss him. But we'll always wonder, was he an abductee? Guess we'll never know for sure. Thanks for reading my story. Sorry if it sounds crazy. See you on the other side, Anna. This is such an interesting story because I feel like my mind has gone so many places. Like when I was first thinking of the puncture marks, I was like, okay, well, Maybe he was bitten by another animal or a snake or something. And then I think both of our minds maybe went to possible animal abuse from someone else as well. I'm really hopeful that that's not the case. Same. Though the shaving, the shaved patch is odd. Yeah. And the fact that the vet was like, I've never seen anything like this before. Right. And if he was examined by the vet as well. You would think that, like, they would detect if something was either injected or what what the purpose of that was. Right. It's so interesting. And it brings up a bigger question of, like, are – if you believe in aliens, which I myself do, Corinne, you do too, because I will not let you believe otherwise. Well – But it makes you wonder if, like, they're studying other species besides humans. Yeah. Have you seen all those memes that talk about how crazy Earth is and how, like, the joke is that you lock, like, the alien spaceships lock their car doors when they pass Earth? Oh, that's funny. I haven't seen those, but it's true. We are cray. (laughs) Oops. 
I was talking the other day, actually, with uh, the girl I'm co-writing this next episode with, and we were like, keys are tiny little objects we hold in our pockets that are constant reminders that we don't trust anyone. Like the fact that we, like, we also don't trust this earth. No. And I think it depends on where you are, too, location-wise. Like, there are certain, yeah, just everything. But I have three locks on my apartment door, and I lock every single one of them when I get in. Oh, yeah. I know. I lock everything, too, and have many weapons within reach, always. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just so curious. Like, what would aliens want with a cat? And I'm sad that poor poor Patch was so scared for a year. I know. Poor, poor baby. Though I'm glad that he had a dog friend, so at least he he, he could walk around with the dog and still be in the yard. And he lived a long 14 years, which is amazing. Poor baby. I just realized Leia's turning seven. Wow. that She might only be a third of the way through her life. I feel like some cats live forever. I hope. I Honestly, Leia, she can live forever. I give her permission. <laughs> permission granted. She can outlive me and I will give my will to her. I will give her my money. Wow. Sorry, wow. Nick. I wonder what she'll do with it. Well, eat lots of canned food? I don't know. <laughs> eat it because she thinks it's food? Do you think if you perished in the apartment and no one found you that Leia would eat you? We've talked about this before. Absolutely. And I'm fine with it. <laughs> Did we? Yeah. Wow. Do our minds just always repeat the same scenarios over and over again? And is it always about humans being, being eaten, eaten or eating others? We are very fascinated with cannibalism. It's but- so gross six me out but there are so many no i'm not going to talk about it it's going to make me sound like i'm interested in it and i'm not i'm against it don't we already publicized an entire episode about us being weirdly into it it's just one of the things that i can't wrap my head around yeah i feel like it's a survival thing like that's always brought up when in same situation like if you're in a place where there's literally no resources except for a person who happens to die you don't have to kill them right would you do it and then could you even do it even if you put it in your mouth and swallowed it would your body accept it or would your brain and psyche be so grossed out that you throw up i think it depends on how long you've been in a in your situation what I think it depends on how long you've been in whatever the situation is because our bodies are also, we're survival-based, like instinct-based, and you'll do anything to survive, right? So like if if that means eating a human, would you do it? I don't know. I hope we never find out. I hope when I hike all the Appalachian Trail, I'm never in that situation. Oh, don't worry. Bigfoot will get you food. He's going to carry me the whole way. I'm going to come back from two and a half months of hiking, like 70 pounds heavier, and everyone's going to be like, what happened? And I'm going to be How like, how did that happen? Well, Bigfoot piggybacked me the whole 2,000 miles. Or you're going to do it really quickly because he's going to fly you. And then you'll just be like, I didn't have to walk it. I just flew through it all. You know what I picture right now is, uh, you know, the scene in the Jungle Book where Mowgli is sitting on, I forget his name, but the... The sun bear. The uh-huh. sun bear is like floating down the river on his yes. back and Mowgli's sitting on his stomach and they're singing bare necessities. Uh-huh. That's what I picture me and Bigfoot doing. See, this is see, this is an image put into your mind by Bigfoot, and that is why you want to go on the Appalachian Trail hike. Bigfoot, I accept your proposal. 
I do. First date. <laughs> Honestly, that's very romantic. My first date with Nick. It's not even a date. We didn't even like really date until after college because we were just like hooking up. But it was at American Junkie and it was just like all of a sudden we were making out. It's not romantic. I don't know. There's It happens. But I love him. He's great. We've had other romantic days. Yeah, you better love him. But our first encounter wasn't <laughs> romantic. First encounter. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be your first encounter with Bigfoot. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really building it up in my mind. I need to stop so that I'm not disappointed. I don't want to put too much pressure on it, you know? Right, right. You have to go in with low expectations. Exactly. Exactly. Well, y'all. I'm going to start saying y'all because we read so many emails with y'all in them. And I like yeah. it. If you guys have any ghost stories or any odd encounter stories that you want like to send our way, please email them to us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. And we will see you on, on the, the other, other side. side. Very smooth.